Welcome to episode 17. This is the original Juno podcast. Hi guys and Merry Christmas. I hope everyone is enjoying the festive period. Today we've got an interview with a Grand Prix medal winner and Commonwealth silver medalist. Some of you might already be a part of the Appreciation Society. If you know, you know. But before we get to the interview, um, to let you know, anyone waiting on 10 hooks, I failed to get to 90 kilos for the British trials. I bottomed out at 93, but they were good enough to let me uh, fight up the weight category, so I ended up fighting under 100s. Really enjoyed all the judo over the weekend. Um, I did think the strength and depth in some of the categories was a little bit lacking, but I think some of the weight groups, particularly 90s and 70s, it was excellent, and I do hope that there's space on the squad for some of the guys who came away without medals. On a personal note, a couple of the guys from the University of Nottingham Club where I coach, they fought juniors, they were both absolutely brilliant, and um, congratulations to them for their performances. Anyway, back to the interview. This was the second go at recording, uh, due to technical difficulties. I really enjoyed both interviews, and if I can get some of the first recording out at a later date, I will do. Anyway, here's Tom Reed. Hi guys, this is the Original Judo Podcast. We're joined today by Commonwealth Games silver medalist. He's won uh, multiple Grand Prix and World Cup medals, and he's got an under-23 European silver. It's um, the almighty Tom Reed. How are you doing? Good, how are you, James? I'm good, thank you very much. Um, bit disappointed not going to see you this weekend for the British trials. But, I know, uh, man. It's, it's, it's weird not to be there, but it's quite nice, actually, in a way as well. <laughs> I'm going to lie. <laughs> I don't think I'd do very well if I was there. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I'm sure that's not the case. How's things been going? Yeah, very good, mate. Yeah, um, obviously, living in Abu Dhabi now, so working, um, not doing the massive amount of judo but just doing as much as i can um wife's pregnant so baby's coming in about four weeks time so just getting ready for that very exciting um, yeah yeah all good um so obviously you've been retired a little bit for a couple of years now could you um feel <laughs> everyone who's not a member of the tom reed appreciation society <laughs> Uh, that is a real group on facebook to everyone <laughs> listening go and check it out join if you haven't um could you just um, yeah tell us a little bit about how you got started in judo and then uh, some of your career highlights? Okay, uh, yes, yeah, so I started when I was eight um, at judo club near my house, Devizes Judo Club. Um, yeah. Started because just come from a bit of a judo family. So my uncle was a judo player, um, Robert Wixon, um, and that was so there was a bit of a connection there anyway. We knew about the club. Um, I had two brothers, so very sort of typical boys, boisterous, always fighting. So judo was quite a good outlet for us as well. Um, so yeah, just started down at the local judo club. Um, dragged along probably more, more than anything by my older brother, um, Mark, who wanted to start. Um, yeah, and just went from there really. So was in devices till I was about 16. And then so probably started taking judo seriously around the age of, sort of 12, 13. Um, okay. And then I went over to Bath, uh, to Team Bath. So I started training there about 16, 17, a couple of nights a week. And then when I got to university age, um, yeah, joined there as a full-time athlete and a student. And I was there awesome. for pretty much my whole career. Cool. So uh, what, what were your highlights then? 
<laughs> highlights. Um, let me think. <laughs> so competition highlights, probably my best results. Um, I've been British champion a couple of times. Um, got silver medal at the European under 23s in Moscow and a bronze, uh, uh, sorry, bron a bronze in Moscow and a silver the next year in um, Austria. Um, I won a Grand Prix in 2013, so the Miami Grand Prix. Um, I think I've got six or seven World Cup medals. And um, yeah, that's it. for fought in the World Championships, Commonwealth Games silver medalist. Um, and yeah, just had a lot, of, a lot of fun along the way as well. So other than the, the competition results, uh, just doing judo, being a judo player and traveling the world and all that stuff was yeah, awesome. Awesome. So this is the this is the second time we've recorded this. So I'm hoping that not too many of my jokes fall fall flat because you've heard them all before. <laughs> they weren't that funny the first time. <laughs> you know where this is leading up to, though. Um, the question that everybody everybody wants to know the answer to is how many times did you win the the Devizes tournament, and have you got any more any more left in you? <laughs> That is one tournament that you might see me at again. It could happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea how many times I won it. I don't think it was that many, actually. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't always win it. I did lose as well um, a few times. But um, yeah, it's a bit of a fix-up because I think I, the worst thing about it is not, you know, obviously fighting in the top competition is really good, but it's my home competition and my, my coaches sort of run it and I probably won the devices player I won the player of a day at that competition about three times which I think's really bad like looking back <laughs> <laughs> like, but yeah no, you might see me there again you never know love it so you you fought through um I guess two main Olympic cycles where you were trying to qualify the games um yeah if we talk a little bit about London first if that's all right um, yeah, yeah, of course. It's a it's a home games, um, and you're certainly in the the mix of players going going for London. Um, how I mean, how did you how did you approach that, knowing that there's two other players out there vying for that same spot? Yeah, um, I don't know. I mean, I think you know you got to try and just focus on yourself. And I think any sort of experienced player knows that that's well any, any sportsman will tell you like you've got to try and focus on yourself and not think about the others obviously like we're all human and there's times when you know you're in a competition and if it's close between you and, you and your your rivals you're kind of like looking over your shoulder at what they're doing but um, I think especially as I got older I think I just got a bit better um, at doing that it's sort of like trying to just focus on my own performance because you know as everyone will say like you can't control what other people do you can only control what yourself does yeah um so you have to think about yourself but um no it's you know you just got to approach it like like any any competition or any stage in your career just train hard and try and keep improving and just try and perform um yeah the best you can um so yeah no, nothing nothing different really nothing different. um no not really no and um, i mean you had some phenomenal results in your career um, but you you missed out on on London and Rio. How how was that as a as an athlete? How was it kind of coping? Yeah, man, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> it does suck. <laughs> no, nah, it's really hard. Obviously, um, you try to treat the Olympics um, or think of it as like another day. I think that's the best way to approach yeah. it. But you know, it's very very hard to do that and not to build it up as something that 
you know, means, obviously it does mean so much. And I think for, for any judo player, it's like the pinnacle of your career. It's the one thing that everybody wants to, you know, everybody's competing seriously in judo. That's what they're aiming for. Um, you know, you're not doing it to make money. Um, you're doing it, you know, to, to achieve things that mean a lot to you. And I think the Olympics is like the pinnacle for everybody. So it's very, very hard. Yeah, it's very, very disappointing. And it's like, you know, it's tough to sort of have to, it's tough to see somebody else fight your place, for example, that you wanted to be in. But um, I think you just got to, it's just disappointing. Yeah, it's just it's the way it is, really. Yeah. Um, I think I never, I never sort of questioned, like, say, say after London, for example, I was really down about not going, but it never sort of made me you know, not want to carry on. Um, yeah, I still, yeah. like, after not making Rio, I still obviously really glad with my career and like glad that I did it and I don't have regrets about it um, but you know obviously it's it's a disappointment that I never made it to that level um, but it's just it's just not to be it's not everybody can only sort of what is it 22 people qualify or whatever it is nowadays yeah. <laughs> so you know there's a lot of disappointed people out there and you just you just got to accept it it's the way it is um, so yeah it's just disappointing but life goes on there's more to life <laughs> uh, there's more out there um, that isn't yeah, that true. Yeah, yeah. So coming out of London, then, um, what is your what is the next focus? Do you are you straight back into training? Are you looking at Rio? Are you looking at the Commonwealth Games? Um, yeah, I think it was a. I was kind of unsure at that point. I think of what I was looking at um, because I kind of always thought in my head when I was you know, a younger player that uh, London would be my peak. I'd be at kind of the right age to perform my best. So I kind of envisioned that I'd do London, do well there, and then start to wind down my career and enjoy myself. Okay. <laughs> Obviously, like, not qualifying for London throws a bit of a spanner in the works. Um, so then it's like that decision that I think a lot of athletes have is like, you know, do you carry on for another four years? Because it's kind of do stuff. You do think in four-year cycles as a judo player a lot of the time. Um, obviously, with it, like I said, with, with the Olympics being that peak. So, um, yeah, I think I had a little bit of a break. I went on a bit of a holiday with my wife, did a bit of traveling. Um, and then went back to judo and sort of, I guess, just took it like one month at a time for a little bit um, and then just sort of seen how it went. But um, with the Commonwealth, that, it was good to have that target, I think, like just yeah. to break break it up a little bit, um, something else to aim for, and then you can sort of aim for that and then kind of make a decision after that. So I think going into the Commonwealth in Glasgow, um, which is 2014, so midway through the cycle, Yeah, I, I was planning to go f- for Rio, but I wasn't 100%. I was, there was kind of a little bit of me that was thinking that it, it could be an option to sort of, you know, do Glasgow and, and retire. Um, just because, yeah, a number of reasons. Like, you know, obviously you put a lot of stuff on hold for judo, whether that's like your career, whether that's your relationships, family, stuff like that. Um, and you just, you know, it's more like not, not a question of wanting to stop, but it's like maybe it's you don't have much of a choice to stop. Yeah. So I think by that point, after London, I think I'd lost my funding as well. So it was like, it's getting more and more difficult to be like a full-time judo player, um, you know, paying for all competitions and stuff like that. So it was like, I wanted to do it. I wanted to carry on and try and qualify for Rio, but whether or not I realistically could give it my very best shot because it's like you're always frustrated. I felt like I was at, I was going through periods where I was just very frustrated because I felt like I couldn't do my best because there was all these other things getting in the way of just, you know, ideally you just train, yeah. think about 
you know, your performance and go and fight. But the reality isn't quite that easy most of the time. <laughs> so you kind of, you go, you're just constantly getting frustrated with things because you know it could be better. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't say I, f- I wanted to stop, but I was just f- frustrated throughout, if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, and then I went to Glasgow and did that, um, which was a really good experience. You know, it's not the Olympics. It's not going to make up for the Olympics, but it is, it's a really cool experience. And I think actually that was a nice little boost for me because I really enjoyed that. I enjoyed being there, enjoyed the experience of being in competition. Um, and it was like a, a little bit of a taste of, you know, a bit of a motivator because it's like a mini taste of what the Olympics could be like, I guess, in terms of like the, the size of the event and like, you know, the sort of, you know, you know how, how big it is, I guess. Um, so that kind of gave me a bit of a boost. Like, yeah, actually, I do want to carry on. Um, definitely, like 100%. So I went into those last two years, like, a lot I think that took a lot of the frustration away I started okay. to yeah it was like I'd say the last two years of the cycle I had frustrations but mainly for injury I think by that point I kind of accepted that I was a self-funded athlete and I actually started to kind of enjoy it a little bit in a way because you know you're sort of doing it for yourself you don't have to answer to like you know as many people there's not like the pressure and expectation in terms of you know retaining funding and things like that and you're not thinking all the time about getting the next selection you kind of i just accepted right <laughs> i'm doing this on my own yeah yeah um, and i kind of <laughs> so I, I enjoyed it a bit more after that in the last two years um yeah kind of i think apart from injuries i, I actually enjoyed it a lot more okay talking talk about glasgow before we get on to rio um did yeah. you did you prepare specifically for for that or was that something that just kind of cropped up in the middle and uh yeah, I did prepare for it. I think, like I said, like there was a little part of me that was like, okay, this is this a good time to start thinking about, you know, finishing my career? So I did treat it very seriously, probably because of that. Um, See, so, so yeah, I did prepare for it, um, and I think I got in like really good shape for it, and I did, I did. Because uh, obviously, from a spectator's point of view, the Commonwealth Games I thought were absolutely phenomenal. Like, there's yeah, nowhere good. else you get a crowd kind of like that. How was it as a Englishman fighting in Scotland. <laughs> no, it's really good. Yeah, no, it's really, really, really good. Um, one of the best crowds I've fought in front of, I think. Um, so yeah, like I think our weight was one of the only ones as well um, without a Scottish person in it. I don't think we had anyone. Okay. Um, I feel really bad if I'm wrong, but I don't think we did. Um, <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> I think that probably helped that I, I didn't have to fight anyone from Scotland. But I think there's a load of English people in the crowd as well. Uh, it was a really good, really good experience. And just the whole city was very welcoming as well. Not just a crowd at the tournament everybody you know around the city so yeah you've talked about moving on from there going into rio um and at that stage you were self-funding how did you how did you self-fund what did you have to end up having to do uh, a number of things so i had um i did a crowdfunding um drive i think i did that after the commonwealth yeah. just after the commonwealth so kind of at the start of the qualification cycle which was good like gave me a, a good little sort of leg up at the start of the cycle and yeah. um, also just work i worked as well so always worked um around my sort of training so i worked for the esport trust for a, about five years in total but i started to do more then so going into schools and doing like athlete mentoring and stuff like that with kids and okay. um, which is really good because it's a very, really flexible job um so basically yeah you get given a list, of, a list of schools that you have to work with and you arrange the visits with them so I could fit it around my training and competition. Yeah. Um, I taught, taught judo a little bit. Um, so yeah, I just did any little odd job I could really <laughs> to try and make a bit of money. Um, but it was, 
just literally the thing is about being a self-funded athlete is you're never never you're never comfortable because literally everything you earn you end up spending on judo so you never get to sort of get any kind of safety you know underneath you um so yeah just literally make money spend it on flights on hotels and i look back now and i have a job i'm making money and i think how did i like how was it possible that i did it because the amount of traveling and stuff we did um it's crazy but yeah you just find a way and is that the case is that still the case for self-funding athletes is it is it going yeah are athletes crowdfunding are they yeah i think so yeah i think the crowdfunding um i haven't seen as much of it recently i think maybe it's a bit peaked a little bit um like when it first came on the scene and everyone sort of started doing yeah. it but i think yeah just like working like obviously the lucky ones get sponsors but i think you know, there's very, very few and far between judo players that manage to get big sponsors, um, especially in the UK, um, where it's not, it's not like the sort of most glamorous sport um, in terms of from a sponsor's perspective. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah, I think most of them are working, um, yeah, doing like coaching judo or you know working on the doors or you know some some of them doing the sort of work that I used to do as well, the mentoring stuff. But yeah, there's a hell of a lot of judo players in the UK that are self-funded. Okay. Did you um, pick up some coaching with the, the Welsh team during that period as well? Yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah, so yeah, completely forgot to mention. Of course I did. Yeah, so probably for the last year or so of me being a player, I was coaching in Wales. Um, so I was, I was doing a bit of training there as well. So that was really good because you know I could, I could do both at the same time almost. Um, so I'd go and stay at the welsh institute of sport for like two or three nights a week so i kind of split my time i I probably still spent more time in bath but i spent a bit you know probably a third of my time in wales as well um which was great because it gave me the opportunity to start preparing for like you know if i wanted to go into coaching after judo and it gave me that experience and development and it also allowed me to train um as well so yeah thank you very much to darren for giving me the opportunity (laughs) if he's listening how how was it coaching um one of the home nations i know there's Certainly for British students, you always get an awful lot of kind of people very disgruntled with the system and the fact that it's a centralised system. Um, but obviously yeah, the whole yeah. nation's the Welsh, Scottish, uh, centralised as well, just I guess to a smaller scale. How did you come up against any like hostility or anything like that? Yeah, I think it's um, like you said, you, you said it exactly right. You're, not, you're never going to please everybody. Um, so... You know, there's always going to be some issues. Um, it's just it's just natural, whether that's in terms of people who don't want to be moving to that place or whether they don't like changes that are happening within that place that they've already been at. But I think gen- generally, um, Welsh Studio did a really good job of kind of creating something that people did want to be part of, um, especially the younger players. And I think that's, you know, often easier is like the younger players who don't have necessarily that attachment or... You know, they're, they're a bit more free, I guess. And, they, you know, for them to go to the National Training Centre is like a big step up. So it's probably a bit more something that they aspire to do. I think with seniors, it's harder because they are established at wherever they are. Um, you know, they're not coming from a club environment. Most of them are in a full-time environment yeah. that they're, they're at for, for a reason that they're happy with. So, um, yeah, there's, I think that's probably more where you find issues. But I think the Welsh did it in a really good way that they you know predominantly focused on uh, the cadet players and that sort of age group so yeah it's and and it's like once you sort of get a couple of them the good players coming in and they start to improve and get results then obviously more and more people want to be part of it so you've talked 
a little bit about the kind of running to Rio. Um, and obviously during that period, you did have some, some great results, but ultimately you you missed out on the qualification. You retired, did you retire in the May? Was that? Yeah, I retired um, at the end of the last qualification tournament. So I think it was like maybe the Kazakhstan Grand Prix, but um, I think I'd gone into that tournament knowing that I couldn't qualify. But I was a self-funded athlete and I'd spent like 500 quid. <laughs> so I was like, I'm definitely going. I'm not wasting the money. So, um, yeah, I, I retired straight after that. But I carried on competing um, like domestically. I did um, like national teams and a few things. And to be honest, I, you know, you're probably the same. You're never properly retired. <laughs> definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, if the right opportunity came up or, you know, I'd still fight or... Even you know, I still train as much as I can as well. So. Was was that kind of international retirement? Then was it because you you knew you weren't going to qualify, or like you said, if you yeah yeah basically yeah, I knew I wasn't going to qualify, and I think I, I sort of worded it as the end of my career for GB because you know, I knew I wasn't going to be representing GB okay. anymore. Um, you know, number one, number one, they probably didn't select me, but um, yeah, I'm not. I wasn't going to be you know spending all my money on judo anymore um trying i definitely wasn't going to be trying to qualify for another olympic games um so yeah i mean i think it's one of those where if there'd been a really good opportunity to do something like bundesliga or something like that i would have done that because you know it would have been a nice to have that period at the end where you're just doing it to enjoy competing and that's the only reason um but yeah as it happened there was you know nothing nothing like that came up so yeah, that was it. And I, I think yeah, a few more competitions. I've done some in Abu Dhabi as well. I'm actually the Ramadan Games champion. Oh, wow. Awesome. <laughs> no, I did that. it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm actually undefeated since retirement. <laughs> or not. Love it. Um, yeah. So <laughs> three competitions, three golds. Fantastic. I would, I'd like to say I'm undefeated as a heavyweight, but obviously Andy Burns beat me in the national teams. <laughs> I know, mate. I know. I've not, I know. I, I've not lost to a heavyweight yet. <laughs> Uh, he's not a real heavyweight, yeah. So yeah, you are you are kind of undefeated as a heavyweight. <laughs> um, <laughs> what about you? Any comebacks on the horizon? I'm fighting the trials this weekend, mate. Are you? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Awesome. oh I, awesome. I say I'm I say I'm fighting. I have entered under 90s. Have you really? And and on Monday I was 99 kilos. So that's crazy. I'm about I'm about 96 at the moment. So we'll see. And what day is it today? It's like Thursday. Friday. 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 And you're fighting on Sunday. Sunday. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Good luck, mate. <laughs> Good luck with the Thanks, mate. <laughs> we'll see. We will see. But like you say, it's I would like to do it. And if nothing else, it's kick started a fitness drive. Yeah, definitely. So I think it's not it's not just a bit of fun though, is it? Because you know, it's you wanna win. Like all the competition yeah. it's just everything I've done since I've retired. Like well, I say retired, every competition I've done you know, since stopping competing internationally i get so nervous i really it's yeah. like I, I really really want to win and the last one and the first two were fine because i hadn't long retired and i was still training and i was still fit but the last one i did i just hadn't done any exercise for about two months <laughs> I, I won but i was i was really disappointed in myself afterwards it's weird how you sort of never lose that it's not you, you always want to feel like you've um yeah. sort of done yourself justice i guess and it's horrible to yeah. compete and not be at the level that you you know you can be at it's horrible so um yeah good luck this weekend <laughs> <laughs> thanks mate i've um big thanks to the guys from rycroft judo club because they've uh i've been up there for a couple of sessions in the last two weeks and uh yeah They've given me a, a shoe in, so I know I know I'm already in terrible shape. So I've not even got any pretences of doing well. 
Um, I just like I just like to fight. Um, Get stuck in. So what? What's the standard of judo like out there then? You, um, what tournament did you say you you won? You, you I won Ramadan championship. I won, I won the Ramadan games, and I think I've won two. Let me. What was the other one called? I won the Emirates Golden League or something like that. I don't know, but um, they're, fr- they're funny because they are like the because you go to the Abu Dhabi Grand uh, Grand Slam, yeah, Grand Slam now, and it's obviously very well, well organized and it's one of the like you know most sort of nicely presented tournaments on the world circuit but you go to like a domestic tournament in the ue and it's the worst organization i've ever known it's unbelievable (laughs) like there's no weight categories you just turn up like they'll just put you together like they the first one i did a guy from a club um one of the coaches was visiting the place that i train at and he's oh do you want to fight in our in this tournament and fight for us on the weekend yeah, I was like, yeah, yeah, sure. What time do I need to get there? And he's like, maybe ten. I'm like, well, what time does it start? He's like, mm, you know, after ten. Okay, after <laughs> ten. What does that mean? And you get there, and they, you don't start fighting until like two o'clock in the afternoon. And they put like you with, you know, all different weight categories all in one group. It's crazy, but um, no, they're really badly organised. But the standard is mixed. Um, I think there's some good. I think Abu Dhabi is not particularly strong. There's a couple of good players, but. Um, I think it's very, very hard to get them to commit to doing judo. Um, you know, they just, it's sort of, I don't know if it's a mentality thing out here, but just obviously judo is a very, very tough sport. And when you come from, I think, like a very privileged background, which a lot of the local people do, it's quite, you know, why do you want to get thrown around <laughs> every day of the week when you don't yeah. have to, when you can be on the beach somewhere? Um, <laughs> but I think in the, um, other Emirates, like further away, there's some some good players apparently. Um, so some of the okay. ones that visited the competitions in Abu Dhabi are from like the sort of more sort of a, like f- yeah further away Emirates, um, and yeah, yeah. and they're they're pretty tough. Like they're you know they're tough people out there. Um, but I just think they they got the opposite problem where they don't have the coaches or facilities in those parts. Um, okay. so yeah, yeah. But obviously UAE national teams got olympic medals <laughs> but i don't think you, know, as you probably know that you know more dope. <laughs> so yeah that's the answer not, to not too many uh home-born <laughs> players no that's just the sort of i think that's the quite common out here is like just throw money at it and fix it that way which is a shame because you know there are a couple of good players that you know if you try with to, the but, support yeah with the, with a bit more structure um they would they could be good but it's just not the way it is like you know it's just a shame, really, because actually they should be investing into those. Yeah, you know, fair enough. Try and get the short-term success, but use that to, you know, develop something or inspire something with your own yeah. own players. But they're not; they're just not doing it. So yeah, it's just okay. it's a shame, really. So how um how are you finding retirement then from from judo? Very very boring. Oh really? Very very boring. Yeah, it makes you realise how good it is being a judo player. Um, <laughs> no, it's it's just I think for me it's like. I haven't um, made the most of it. Probably, I've been working a lot, um, focused a lot yeah. on my on my professional career. So um, yeah, come, it's really hard. For, the, the thing I miss the most um, now, being out here, is yeah. like my mates. I think that's a big part of it. Like being a judo yeah. player, you just with your mates, it's like your whole life is a, with the same you know, group of people, very like minded, go through a lot of stuff together, travel, like do amazing yeah. amazing things together. Um, 
And yeah, when you come out of that and you go into like a professional work environment or something else, you just people aren't the same. People don't think the same as you. Um, they're not as driven. They're not as motivated. And you just it's just quite frustrating. Um, and yeah, just being and obviously coming to a new country where you know I've left all my mates behind. So I think I've been quite bored in that sense. Um, I miss that side yeah. of it definitely. But um, yeah, I think. Obviously, like got a lot to focus on now with a baby on the way, so I'm sure that'll change things massively. <laughs> no, I think that's that's one of the reasons why I still occasionally do the podcast. Yeah, because um, yeah, you do miss just being around your friends all the time, yeah. don't you? And um, Big time. not having that contact, this this kind of gives me an excuse to call people up and go, "How are you doing?" Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> for me, it's like when yeah. I when I'm with judo players, I kind of feel like I click back into being myself. It's like I'm just, it's so it's so familiar, and it's just yeah, yeah, it's yeah. weird, isn't it? How how do you find like um, having a? Do you have the same sense of purpose in work no. that you did with judo? And I, I have the same mentality and work ethic, um, but I find really frustrating is like other people don't. So yeah. I think the good thing about judo, number one, it's individual, so you are more in control of your own, you know, destiny and hard work does equal like you know success to a certain extent. But also you're surrounded by other people who are very, very similar, um, and you just that's, that's a really nice environment to be in, like a driven environment where you're working towards like things together. Um, and I think like I've just been in that world for such a long time that I expected I just thought that was normal um, so now yeah I, I, I apply myself in the same way to work but I find that often leads to like massive frustrate, frustration because yeah, you just you obviously do rely on other people um, and they're just yeah. they're just not the same <laughs> it's just not the same mentality so um, yeah it's very frustrating and I don't want to sort of give up and just switch and become like that um so i think yeah it's like for me it's just trying to find the right thing that will allow me to like apply myself um you know fi- find the right job you know i hopefully my yeah. employer is not listening to this but you know what i mean like, <laughs> <laughs> so yeah it's um yeah i think and also just having something to balance as well um so i spent a lot of time at work um and i think i've missed out on something like else to focus on um so yeah i might yeah. Might even start another sport or something. I, I do. I do now. Like try and do other things as much as I can, like on the weekends, like other competitive things, just to sort okay. of yeah, like fill that that urge, I guess. I realise that you've got to get off soon, so um, we'll no start worries. wrapping it up by asking the standard standard no, questions. No worries. No worries. Um, so um, yeah, if you could give me two fights, like your favourite fights. Um, one from you that was your your own personal standout performance that you think really says that is how Tom Reed fights. Yeah. And then another one that you found inspiring or you think just like really epitomizes judo. Yeah, sure. Um, so I think my, myself um, probably from when I was probably performing at what I'd say is my best um, in terms of the level I was yeah. at. So outperform, outperforming myself or fulfilling my potential, whatever you want to call it. Um, was 2010 in the Austria World Cup uh, semi-final against a Russian player called uh, Kabachirov. So I think at the time he just won like a few other like World Cups and he was doing well. Um, and I'd beaten him. Okay. I'd beaten him in the semi-final of the Birmingham World Cup a few months before, which was like a massive first big 
result for me. And um, it was like that. You know, was that a fluke or was that a one-off? And is this guy, yeah, like, yeah. is he going to kick my ass this time? Um, but no, I fought him in the semi-final again. It's like repeat. It was a semi-final in both competitions. Um, and yeah, it's just really good fight for me. Like sort of my style of judo, like edging the fight in first all the time. Um, creating lots of movement. I think I got him three shidos and then threw him for a pun with about 10 seconds to go. So, like, basically just, you know, his head just went and I just threw him. So that's, like, how I think I fought at my best was when I was, like, that sort of fight. Um, and then cool. probably it's really hard to think of, like, a best a fight of somebody else that epitomizes judo. But I can tell you, like, um, performances from competitions that I thought were really good. Um one I always remember was Jimmy Pedro in the 2004 Olympics when he got bronze. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, he'd come back from retirement. I think he was like 34 or something at the time. And he was the same weight class as me, and I was quite young. And, you know, it was like really cool. Yeah. We sat in the front row watching him fight. And, I, yeah, just like, you know, really tough, tough competitor, like tough performance. He was probably not as, you know, at his best in terms of his, um, you know, it's to the end of his career. Um, but his actual, I guess, his determination is his experience his mental toughness took him through which is really really cool to see um and then like another judo player that i love is um akimoto so akimoto the Jap- japanese 66 player um and he went up to 73 at the end of his career so somebody that i can kind of relate to like in the fact that he never went to an olympic games and um, he won a few more tournaments than me but <laughs> he was, i think he, he pretty much won every tournament that he went in um, but he was never japanese number one at the time of the um the Olympics, oh, wow. and he fought. He fought Ono in 2014, maybe after Ono as world champion. Yeah. And Akimoto had been, up, been off injured for like a long time, and he he beat him. Like, I think he threw him for a pun, or yeah. So like, just I love I love the fact that you know he and he always won with judo as well, and he had a really nice marate, and I like to do marate as well. Cool. I've got here in my notes um, from the last interview that we did. You talk you talk about Bischoff and Magomedov. Yeah, 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 that's a good one as well. Actually. Yeah, um, I tried to find the fight though after the um, after the interview. Okay. So that was um, like two complete opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of like their physical like capabilities. So both good judo players, obviously, yeah. like, very good judo players. But Bischoff is like physically always in top condition, can fight for ten minutes, never changes. Um, whereas Magomedov <laughs> is a bit of the opposite. He's about he's absolutely dynamite for about forty five seconds, <laughs> and then. Um, and he sort of tails off a little bit and they fought in the final of Trey Tory in like 2009 or something like that okay. and um, yeah Magomedov was spinning them all over the place for the first minute I think he threw him for Zari or, or Yuko and almost threw him for 10 after that and then just one mate where he sat down for about 30 seconds <laughs> took quite a long time to stand up and um, yeah Bishop just grinded him down and just threw him and held him down it's like a tip, typical Bischoff win but it's, I love I love to see that about judo like those massive like contrasts you get in styles and fitness levels it just always makes it really interesting cool. um, and that was like a really good example of that what kind of player were you then you um, I think it? I was more yeah I was more towards like uh, not in terms of my judo but uh, like sort of conditioning wise a bit more like Bischoff um, I'm not like a naturally like really explosive powerful person so I'm definitely not the sort to throw people for 10 like in the first minute um, but I could generally like try to um, like outwork people like be a bit I, I could maintain quite a high work rate quite a high attacking rate um, for quite a long time 
Um, okay. And I think that's when, again, like looking back, that, that period in like 2009, 2010 was when I was doing that really, really well. I think like as I got a bit older, I tried to be a little bit more of like a strength player, which wasn't really yeah. to my strength, if you know what I mean. Um, and then I think again, again, like towards the end of my career in those last couple of years, I kind of got my groove back a little bit, um, figured my judo out again. But by that point, I was old and I was injured all the time. <laughs> so it was very, very frustrating. A few years of my career um, is when I actually felt really good and started performing really well. But I just couldn't string like a decent block of training together without getting injured. Um, so it's just a real pain in the ass. But yeah, it's not, I'm not the only one, I'm sure. Um Cool. If you if you had uh, a bit of advice that you could pass on to a younger athlete, what would it be? Um, I would say get get really good at learning. I think that's one thing. Like get really good at sort of when you perform, when you train, like at the end of the week or at the end of a competition, actually review it, try and be rational about it, look at what was good, what was bad, and what bits you can change, like what things you can do differently yeah. and what you can put into action. I think, again, like end of my career, I got really good at doing that. But, um I think if you can learn to do that from a young age and it becomes natural that just the basic cycle of like doing something, reviewing it and then coming up with your next set of goals awesome. um, on like, on like a weekly basis. I think that's, you know, like a skill or a habit that can definitely help you in judo, but also definitely in, in just anything really. Cool. And also always most importantly, enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. That is the most important thing. Um, right, last last couple, and I'm gonna let you go. So obviously no nearing way. nearing the end of the year, um, do you have a? Have you been managed to follow judo this year? I follow it as much as I can. Um, yeah, we'll see. Do if you you've have got a question? Do, we'll no, find do out. Do you have a Do you have a <laughs> highlight of the year for you from from judo this year? Hmm, I don't know, man. I haven't really thought about that. Um, this year, let me think. Oh, I tell you what, Natalie Powell getting a bronze at the Worlds. Cool. Um, that was a, that was really awesome because yeah, I trained with Natalie a little bit towards when I was uh, working in Wales. Yeah. Um, and yeah, just a really really nice girl, really really hardworking girl, and um, yeah, just really good to see her like because she's been obviously in the top sort of in the rankings for a couple of years now. Yeah. But I think and and, and like a European medalist, but getting like a world medal is is a big sort of I think a big step, um, a big sort of marker in her career and. Um, I think, yeah, now it will hopefully be the start of her regularly sort of being expected to get those world and Olympic level medals. So, yeah, it's like really, really well-deserved and good to see. Awesome. Yeah, finally, do you have a uh, Christmas message to all those uh, Tom Reed appreciation fans? <laughs> oh, my God. You jumped <laughs> Merry Christmas, everybody. Um, when, you, when, when you're freezing cold and soaking wet, think about me because I'm in Abu Dhabi <laughs> And it's like 27 degrees, and I'm going to be on the beach in the sun, <laughs> enjoying myself. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, Tom, if uh, anybody wants to follow you, are you on social media? Yeah, you can follow me. Um, uh, Twitter is like, I don't post that regularly, but Instagram, um, I'm probably on more, more often. So I think you just search Tom Reed 86 maybe, and I'll come up. Awesome. Um, so yeah. Thank you very much, mate. All right, mate. Have a no Merry worries. Christmas, and um, I hope and you, the, the baby and your wife are all okay if it goes well. Thanks, mate. Good luck in the trials, and good luck with the wake up. <laughs> Cheers, buddy. All right, mate. Catch you soon. Catch you soon.
I hope everyone enjoyed that. Thanks to Tom. I hope wherever you are, I think it's Dubai, I hope you're enjoying the sun. Um, to the guys who got in touch since the last episode about starting their own podcast, my advice would be just to go and have a go. It's pretty easy to get something like this together. It just takes a bit of time. If anyone wants any advice, get in touch. I'll help in any way I can. Um, best ways via Twitter. It's uh, at Original Geopod. We've got something a little bit special planned for the New Year episode, so keep tuned in. Subscribe, leave a review on iTunes, and everyone, I hope you have a very Merry Christmas.